Uh, hey guys, uh, before we get started with this episode, I just want to say, uh, during this episode, I talk a lot about it being uh, September 16th and talking about my wedding coming up this Friday, but uh, I forgot that this actually comes out the Monday after my wedding, so when you guys are hearing this voice, I will already be a married man. Uh, so congratulations to me. But just wanted to clear that up. Enjoy the show. in the world to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around God's beautiful blue-green orb that we call planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, oh man, the day of the release of this episode is uh, September 16th, uh, which guess what, guys? In four days, I am putting a ring on my finger. It has come to be, it is the week of... My wedding, can you believe it? Congratulations. Yeah, congrats, man. I mean, it's pretty wild. I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know. I hope by the time this episode comes out, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> like, phys- like, not, like, like, the wedding is ready and all that stuff. Right. Like, this is the goal, right? It's the goal. I would like the wedding to be ready, please. Yeah. Uh, and But the day of the recording is my bachelor party later today. Oh, right uh, on. So, and so I, I'm sorry I can't update. Because this this day, um, I have a recording with you guys and then a recording after this with my next week's guest. Uh, and uh, this is my last recording until October. Like oh, October, nice. like the first Saturday of October. Well, so, I hope- I hope by the time this comes out, you've had fun at your bachelor party. Me too. That's what I'm saying. It would be nice if I could like update you guys, uh, like update the listening audience on uh, on how my bachelor party goes. But I'm sure it's we're not doing anything crazy. We're just going out to Ann Arbor, bar hopping, hitting that pinball Pete arcade, and just having a time with the boys. You know, legit. Just having a legit time. Uh, so that's all you need to know about my bachelor party, guys. So if you're listening to this episode two weeks in advance, <laughs> come on out to Ann Arbor. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if it's kind of broken weird. into Michael's home and are listening to this podcast. <laughs> so, go to Ann Arbor, find him. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because the the episode that I'm recording after this is coming out after my wedding. So my my next recording is coming out. October 7th. So I'm recording like a month ahead of time for this. I'm go- I don't think I've gone since the start of the show have gone a month without recording. Uh like bulk recorded that much. So it's kind of what it's going to be weird coming back to it. Right. Um but so the next episode you guys hear, I still won't have been married at the time of the recording. But this is the last episode you guys will hear where I'm not a married man. Which is crazy. Uh, I'm I'm very excited. I'm an excited little baby. Uh, but you know what else I'm a very excited little baby about is this show. If you've never listened to the Michael the Pre Variety Hour before, it is an arts showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, directors, writers, and more. Uh, and it is also the world's only mandatory podcast. So welcome back, everybody. 
in the world. Uh, I have a wonderful show lined up for you guys today. Uh, later on, we'll be joined by old friend of the show. It has been, I think it's been like two years since we've had him on. Um, yeah, that sounds about, yeah, he was, he was one of the, I think he was in one of the first 15 episodes. I can't quite remember. Uh, but yes, and we're at a hunt. This is episode 149. Uh, so it's, a, we're due back to find him. You recognize his voice at the very end of the show every week. Uh, wow. That was great. That's our friend Whit Wheatley and he's back on the show. And uh, we're going to catch up with him. He's Shakespearean actor Whit Wheatley. Uh, but that will be a little later. Right now, we are joined uh, by two lovely gentlemen. Uh, I They are uh, indie, alternative, rock, almost kind of like late 90s, early 2000s revival kind of sound to them. Uh, very excited to have them on the show today. Uh, their names are Ben and Torin Water Fountain Coins. Welcome. Thank you for having us. That, I'm, I'm glad you gave our legal last name of Water Fountain Coins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, when we got married, we weren't sure on whose last name to take, so we took so the last took, name Water Fountain So you hyphenated your last name Water Fountain and your last name Coins. Yeah. So now my my last name was already hyphenated from when my parents got married of Water and Fountain. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so now you're, you got two hyphens in your last name. We that, just keep... That doesn't get caught. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the problem with, like... You know, like with marriage, my my future wife is gonna is hyphenating her last name to Kirby Dupree, uh. But like, you, you know, if in the future, like, you know, what if you, we're not planning on having kids? But if if we were to, uh, what would their name like? What would their if they married somebody with a hyphenated name? Would their name be like Kirby Dupree Manson Johnson? You know. I don't know. I'm 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 expecting my grandchildren to marry the children of Charles Manson and I, Linda B. Johnson. So I, there we go. I, I think we're honestly we're just going back to like the Viking days of like names where it's like Odin, son of Thor, son of yeah. blah blah blah. Odin, right. Odin Thorson. Yeah, there we go. I'm bringing it. We're bringing it back. Well, they, they still do that in Iceland, actually. Really? Yeah. That's all moved to Iceland. Yeah, males are named, their last name is, their father's first name with son at the end, and females' last names are their mother's first name with daughter at the end. Daughter? Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. It's too many syllables to be added onto a last name. You know, I don't like it. Anyway, so. Yeah, we're water fountain coins. Water fountain <laughs> coins. Let's, let's go around the table, say who you are, what you do in the band, and do you have a wish that you remember, like when you you what what's a wish you remember? Like throwing a coin into a fountain as a kid, and making. Do you have any of those? If not, what make something up? All right, let's start with start with whoever is the prettiest I, in your uh, opinions. All right, well, thank you, Torin. Uh, <laughs> um, my name is Ben uh, Ben Shawell. I'm the lead singer and the rhythm guitarist for Water Fountain Coins. Rhythm and things. Um. I, I guess I just always wished to be a musician, and now here I am. You are here. Regretting that wish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> broke all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream. Uh, and uh, next up we have... So I'm Torin Murphy-Falgren, so I actually do have a hyphenated yes. last name. Because um, my mom kept her last name when she married my dad. Um, I... It's so distinguished. Yeah. It's the, so, um, like... 
It's so nice. My siblings and I are pr- almost certainly, it's 99.99% certain we're the only five people in, with the last name Murphy Fulgren, so yeah, probably. it's pretty cool. <laughs> can't, can't complain about that. Uh, as for my role in the band, that varies from minute to minute. You'll hear me on guitar and bass today, but I am nominally the band's drummer and audio engineer and control freak. <laughs> and he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as for a wish that I've made, uh, most of them probably have revolved around girls, to be honest. <laughs> Which is a long, long story. Ooh, um, I want to hear that story. Well, many long stories of just yeah. nothing ever happening. <laughs> that's that's not a story worth telling. <laughs> well, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day. Oh man, I, I just I noticed something a little weird about the audio, so I boosted up. Sorry, people at home. It, it's it's happened. It's live. It really it really do be like that sometimes. <laughs> it really do be like that sometimes. Oh man, uh, see that's what happens. People mess around with the board and things get changed. It's fine. No. Anyway, <laughs> chill. Uh, so where are you guys from individually? I I'm from Craphole, Ohio. Craphole, Ohio. <laughs> I'm from a little town Never called heard of it. Delta, Ohio. Delta like, or Delto? Delta. Okay. Uh, it's a little. <laughs> Is it the airport? No, it's a little. It's a little dot on the map. Uh, a little bit west of Toledo to or east of Toledo, I guess. No, it's west of Toledo. Yeah, it is west of Toledo. Anyway, like it's it's on the map. It's there, and whenever people would ask where I was from, like you know, when you're from a small town, you're just from the nearest big town. So I'd be like, I'm from Toledo. I'm, <laughs> I'm that's where I'm from. Yep. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and uh, what about you, Torin? I'm from Canton, Michigan. Canton, Michigan. So I'm, I'm right, a local. Right down the street. Yup. <laughs> like forty minutes down the street. Yeah. Uh, and, and so how did you guys, uh, well, first of all, when did you guys first get interested in music? Like, uh, start, start playing, start playing your little instruments. Well, well like <laughs> we, we got interested kind of completely separately cause I didn't meet Tor until like years later. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I grew up in a family of singers. I grew up with like my sisters in musicals and women's glee and all of this, all of these music centered things. And like they were in bands, they were in not like bands like I am, but, like, bands in, like, school and stuff, and, uh, they would always tease me, like, Ben, when you get to high school or middle school, you have to follow the tradition of the Shotwells and be in choir, and I went, no, singing stupid, <laughs> so, like, I refused to sing, like, growing up, and, like, even in church, like, my dad would be like, hey, you, you should sing for God, and I'd be like, no, singing dumb. and, uh, <laughs> then, like, as I grew up, like, I realized, wow, I, re- I actually really like music, like, I really like... I really like Linkin Park and I really like all these different bands and like uh, I really wanted to learn how to perform so I joined band in sixth grade and learned how to play the squeaky stick known as the clarinet squeaky uh, stick. <laughs> and um, when I turned 13 I begged my parents for a guitar and they bought me this little first act that I didn't know how to tune because I thought they came tuned out of the box. So I didn't learn how to play guitar for years. Mm-hmm. I just had one, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I, I want to try, but I, I don't get this. Cool that I own it. Yeah, and like singing to me was like I sang along to. I learned how to sing by singing along to a Celtic Thunder CD like over and over again, just trying to match their tone. <laughs> That's so the, awesome. So for the first couple of years that I finally started singing out in public, my friends would be like, Ben, you. 
you you sound really good. Why are you why are you singing with an Irish accent? Why are you doing that? <laughs> why 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 you're not yeah, like, Irish? Like you don't talk with an Irish accent. Why are you singing with one? I'm like I it's how I learned how to sing. I just needed to learn to talk with an Irish accent yeah. too. I just com- like complete complete the, the assignment. Character. But yeah. I, but I guess like interest in music like as a goal is like a hard term thing was like. When I was 18, I was hanging out on the porch with my friends and, like, we would just listen to folk punk, like, Pat the Bunny and uh, AJJ and, nice. uh, like, uh, Parley Poe. And then we'd listen to, like, hard rock bands and, like, Queens of the Stone Age. Are you we'd a fan of the to... Mountain Goats? Because yeah, you have a very yeah. Mountain Goats voice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've, I've gotten that so many times. <laughs> yeah. But, like... I was fans of all these, like, artists who, like, didn't care about how they sounded. They just cared about making sound and, like, meaning what they meant. Mm -hmm. So, like, I didn't know how to play guitar, but I slowly picked up chords bit by bit. And I, while on that porch, I wrote the song Hermit Crab, which we didn't play today, but it's it's online if you guys want to go find it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, once I wrote that song, it was the first time any, all of my friends had been, like, crap, Ben can write music. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, you can write music. I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, I thought that's what we were doing before this, but it's nice to have validation. And then (laughs) my friend wanted to record it, and that was the recording that got put up all those years ago. So it's the long answer. There it is. I love it. And uh, Torn, what what got you interested in music? So I got to credit my brother Tristan, who was a drummer when he was younger. Um, He... Because, I mean, he, he started playing drum kit, I think, when I was six. But when I was seven, he was in marching band in high school. Uh, that would have been his freshman freshman year of high school, if I'm doing my math correctly. Um, so, and so just seeing him out on the marching field playing the snare drum, I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. I want to do that. And so I was dead set on uh, when I started middle school and could could join school band, I was going to become a percussionist. I was going to be a drummer. I was super excited. And then I get into middle school, and my entire family decided for me that I was going to play the oboe. <laughs> and Ben, you, th- you think the clarinet's the squeaky stick. The squeakier of the sticks. The squeakier <laughs> of the sticks is the oboe. Um, so for years, I'm like, I'm going to be a percussionist. I'm super excited, super excited. Get into middle school. Mm. And everyone's like, you're going to play the oboe. I'm like, no. Uh, Oboe. They're like, you're going to play the oboe. I'm like a little quieter now. I'm like, oh. (laughs) And then I played the oboe for years. And then I gave it up. Um, (laughs) So I haven't touched it in years. Um, One day the oboe wars will begin and you'll be forced to to (sighs) to lace back up your oboe boots. Not looking forward to that day, but (laughs) it'll happen, I guess. Um, So... Then over over the years, I picked up various other instruments. I picked up uh, I, ab- about a year later. I did start taking marching snare lessons. Marching uh, so that, snare. Yeah, so that was really cool. That was the second instrument that I like properly started. Because I mean, I had started like dabbling on piano a little bit uh, when I was ten. I um, this uh, electric piano keyboard that my parents had around the house. Um, it, it had like lessons in it, so it could teach you to play songs, and it had a. Um, a an arrangement of Paco Bell's Canon in D. Nice. And so that's the first thing I like really learned to play was that piano arrangement <laughs> when I was like ten before I even really picked up the oboe. But do you um, play weddings? 
Actually, yeah, just played one. Actually, oh, really? last Saturday, I played played at a friend's and played Canon D. So that was really cool because that because since that was the first thing I learned to play that yeah. that piece has a very special place in my heart. So I'm really happy that um, that my when my friend asked me to play at his wedding and he was like, yeah, this is what I want you to play when we're wa- when she's walking down the aisle. I was like, yes, I'm so down. Um, so that was very cool. Um, but oboe was the first thing I really started to study, and then marching snare. Um, then almost a year after I started playing snare, I picked up the mandolin. Um, and That's then a I, cool instrument. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I... Uh, <laughs> inside joke there. Um, you guys had like, but, a, he had like a heated look. Like PTSD of mandolin, oh God. <laughs> inside joke. Not going to go into that. Yeah. Um, but then I picked up the guitar a couple months later. And, um, you got to be a level five band friend to hear that tragic backstory. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, picked up guitar a few months later. Um, and then just picked up various other instruments, um, drums bass, uh, other, um, like, concert percussion, because uh, I actually did finally get to play percussion in high school band uh, for first semester of my sophomore year and first semester... No, no, it was just first semester of my sophomore year, yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, uh, so And then I picked up banjo, tuba, saxophone, um ukulele, accordion. Um, I think I'm forgetting one or Did two instruments. Did you say ukulele? Yes. Is that how you pronounce it properly? Yes. Y- yeah. Um, oh. And so... Whoa. I'm learning things. <laughs> Mind blown? Ukulele. Ukulele. I mean, you say um, it that way if you're pretentious. I'm not saying Torn yeah. is. It's just how you would say it if you're pretentious. He's not saying <laughs> it. But, um... It's just if you connect the two dots, you'd realize that that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, so I just picked up various, various instruments over the years. I'm not good at all of those instruments. At this point, I'm pretty much only good at drums, guitar, bass. I'm okay at piano. Um, that's pretty much all I ever play these days. But I have a background on various other instruments. So. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so when did the, the band, uh, finally happen between well, you guys? Well, like. Between us guys or just how the band happened? Let's hear it. Uh, okay, how it so like, the band happened by like me and uh, one of my one of my friends from high school. We uh, we jammed out once, and that kind of got like the bug in my head of like I want to write music. So I started writing all these lyrics, and then I'm like, well, it'd be cool to have a band. Oh well, and I would just put them <laughs> under my bed, and like that's where like Miss Misery. That's where like a lot of like our songs, our current songs came from. Of just like these lyrics, that I were like, ah, oh, this would be cool to do. One day. And then, like, when I when we started playing songs on the porch, like, me, this friend, and another one of our friends, uh, we would just write all these really stupid songs, and I, I, learned, I learned how to play guitar through them. And, like, everything they taught me... They, they taught me the shortcuts to everything. They didn't teach me, like, the actual way to play guitar. They were like, this is a G, and this is a C, and it's not a C. It's a C add nine. It's like, and this is a D, and it's not a D at all. It's, like, just a C add nine slid up to the fifth fret. And I went like, wow, guitar is easy! Like, what... Everyone makes it look so difficult. And then, like, later I learned by watching YouTube tutorials, like, oh, they didn't teach me. They didn't teach me crap. They just didn't <laughs> they, want to have to teach me guitar. They taught you the starter stuff. Yeah, they, ta- they taught me. got you started. So it, it, did, it did the thing. They taught me how to sound. They, they taught me what sounded good, and they taught me the, the thing that they taught me, like, I've used in so many songs now because it's just, it's stuck with me. But, like, after a little bit, like, I went, like, hey, guys, we should form a band. And they were, like, 
No, 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 no. All of us play guitar. We're not forming a band. Four-person guitar band. <laughs> so I went like, that, that's fine. I'll just go play music by myself. So I just started writing music, and, like, I wrote Hermit Crab. And, like, when I wrote that, and everyone went like, oh, crap, you can write. I formed the band that I, at that time, called Somebody Else. Because I went like, oh, that's that's so cool. That's so deep. You know, like... Uh, this song was written by somebody else. It's punk rock. <laughs> and, like, it, it meant a lot to me. And then, like, I, I tried to release the song, and I realized somebody else was taken by somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's not confusing. <laughs> Crazy. Someone someone else came up with the, the song, the uh, idea of somebody else. Like, <laughs> So it was already punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing? Like, I actually contacted that guy. Like, I'm like, hey, man, I accidentally used your band name. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. And, uh, but... After I found out that, like, that band name was taken, like, I was walking around this downtown area of Plymouth here in Michigan, and I was trying to come up with band names, and all of the ones I came up with were garbage. But I walked by the water fountain in Plymouth, and I wrote down water fountain coins just on a whim, and then later I thought about it and went, like, that's a really good band name. <laughs> and by later I thought about it, I mean, like, months later. Like, for the longest time, it was, like, a throwaway name. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And then, like, as I thought about it, I'm like, this is a really, really good band name. <laughs> And like me and this, me and my one friend who I used to play with on the porch, um, we he joined me as a bassist and we played around for a while. But for a lot of times, it was just me on acoustic, just going places. And one day, I met uh, my, uh, I'm gonna say my buddy Bill. I'm not gonna say his last name. Uh, he went <laughs> Mr. Clinton. Mr. Bill. Yeah. Mr. Bill. That's actually the the stage name he prefers to go Mr. by. Mr. Bill. Mr. Bill. Uh, but uh, like. He went like, hey, man, like, I really dig your stuff. Me and uh, a couple of friends are jamming uh, at this place uh, called The Park uh, in the band studios. And, like, uh, while, while he was, uh, he went like, you, you should come join us. And, like, the first time I went to join them, like, I played, uh, I played drums for them because, like, they didn't have a drummer. And, like, they, there wasn't really a good place to set up another guitar. So I'm like, screw it. I can hit things. And, uh, like, the first night there, we, we jammed out two songs, and they sounded really cool. And it was, the, like, the three, the three of us. And then the next night, um, when uh, the next time I went to jam with them, Torin was there. And, he went, and uh, our buddy went, like, hey, show them the songs that you... Uh, show him the songs that you were, how you were playing the drums. And like, I showed him, I'll never forget the first thing Torrin said to me was, no, no, don't, don't, don't play the drums like that. Stop doing that. Don't. <laughs> You're hitting those way too hard. Don't do that. That's, <laughs> that technique is horrible. Stop doing that. <laughs> I wasn't that mean about it. <laughs> he was meaner. I was just kind, I was just kind of mean about it. <laughs> and like, we jammed out like these really cool songs, and like uh, th those guys ended up forming this band uh, called Celebration Sun, and they they had they went off and played, and like they went like, hey Ben, we actually don't want you to join this band, and I'm like, that's fine, I got water fountain coins. Uh, There's a funny story about that, but I'll get to that later. Um, and then like after a couple years of jamming with Justin, like we started getting gigs, and I'm like, I need a drummer. I cannot show up with just a bass and acoustic guitar. <laughs> that will not go well. So I, I asked Torin, like, hey, can you play drums for us? And he had already started to really like our music, so I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely come on. And after, like, a minute of him playing with us, like, it started to be more and more like, Torrance just feels like a member of Water Fountain Like, I can't imagine, like, getting another drummer. Because we tried, and it didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> and, like, um, like, 
after there was a gig that we had at the Plymouth Coffee Bean and the rest of my band went like, hey, we can't make it there. So I called Torin and I'm like, hey, can you play percussion with me at the show? And he showed up and I'm like, hey, you're a member of Water Fountain Coins now. Did not give him a choice. Just like, you are <laughs> a member of Water Fountain Coins. He didn't ask. He's like, yeah, you're in the band now. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> it was totally on board with it. I'm glad that's how that went because he could have been like, "What? No, dude, I got other crap to do." But I like, don't he'd... want to. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that, that was good time. Actually, I think that was right before Celebration Sun broke up. Yeah, that was um, like. Yeah, so, um, so, so I was in my. I thought I was still busy with Celebration Sun at that time, um, and then. Like it was like a week later that Celebration Sun broke up. Something like that. <laughs> so, hey, well, that works out. <laughs> so, yeah, that did work out really well. And then, like, when me and Torin formed a band, like we we had like, I want to say, uh, I don't want to say like, we had kind of like a a handful of bad experiences from past like band members and like bands that we've worked with and like. You know, there's, it's always finding people that you mesh well with and finding people that, like, you work really well with mm-hmm. and, like, finding out what works professionally and what doesn't work professionally. And me and Torin, like, from the get-go went, like, hey, let's do this this way. Let's write out this. Let's do these things specifically um, so that way we can avoid, like, these little potholes and missteps. And like, it- Yeah, and we were just always just very much on the same page with each other. And, uh, like... Like we have, we have the same mindset. We have the same like workflows, cause, um, uh, cause some like some some bands can just kind of get together and just jam and just kind of figure things out along the way, and that's great when that works out. And that's not really our style. Um, we we're like. We we jam songs out like like the, they don't they don't just go like all right I've thought everything I've thought of every like transpose to do to this song let's let's do it it's like me and Torin have this very meticulous plan of like how we're going to do things like all right uh, we wanted we wanted to get two hundred likes on Facebook to like you know get a start get a foothold because mm-hmm. um, the world doesn't care unless you're vain enough to care <laughs> <laughs> so like we we worked really hard to get those 200 likes we wanted to get an ep done so like we set aside time we made sure we had time and like we always communicated with each other and like for a long time i didn't have that i was like hey are you showing up to practice today <laughs> are are you are you good Hello? It's at your house. How can you not show up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bands. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. So we were just always, always very much on the same page. We have great personal chemistry, as well as, in my opinion, great musical chemistry. Yeah. So, um, so that's always that's always a good feeling when we just really understand each other. Because sometimes, like Ben said, certainly sometimes we do jam stuff. And you usually on stuff that Ben already has a good start on writing. And we'll, um, oh. and we'll bring it together and, and kind of... Uh, Sorry. Sorry, everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we'll, we'll like bring it together and, uh, and flesh it out from there. And we've, we've had several moments where it's just like... Like we get to a spot in the song, and we both know exactly what the other is gonna do, and we just like no words, just like we do it, and it's there, and it's together, and like there have just been several of these moments, just like this is why we're playing together, so we just understand each other. 
Nice. So that's I, that's a very cool feeling. I, I guess the last thing I would want to say on like water fountain coins as it is now is like how it how it's slowly become Benny and the Jeffs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so we um the bassist that we that we're playing with um he uh he was the sound guy at a venue that that we he, that we had played at a few times. Um, he had seen us a couple times, uh, and. And the second time that he ran sound for us, um, he, we had because uh, we we had just stopped playing with with our old bassist because Ben had just moved up here uh, to Michigan. So yeah, it was a it was a mutual split. It was just like, hey man, I'm moving up to Michigan and you're down here in Ohio, and like <laughs> we like because I was I was driving up here every week to practice with Torin. Yeah, it was um, not convenient, and it was like I'm not gonna ask you to do what I did because I did what I did because I'm insane and bored all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> and you are working two jobs at the moment. So but. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff, our bassist was yeah. working, working sound for us. And after the second time he saw us, when he saw that we had a different bassist, because we had our buddy Mr. Bill standing in for us on bass, he came up. To, he came up to Torin and went and he was like, like, "Hey, like I noticed you guys have like a different bassist than last time. Is he like a new bassist? Or is he like a fill-in bassist?" And I was just like, "Yeah, he's just filling in for us tonight." And Jeff's like, "Are you guys looking for a bassist?" And I was like. Yes, we are. <laughs> and so uh, and Jeff was like, you know, I'm a bassist. And I was like, I see where you're going with this, and I like it. <laughs> so a few weeks later, we, we jammed with Jeff. And it, it worked out really well because, like, where, like I said, me and Torn are really meticulous at planning. Mm-hmm. He has practiced classical guitar. He's, he's practiced. He's been on, he's playing, he's 30. He's been playing the bass for, like, I think, like, 15 or 16 He's been playing the bass for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, he, the way he approaches, like, li- he listens to our songs, which is a big thing to me. Like, he listens to them all the way before going, like, I'm going to try something. And, like, he figures out, like, where it's going through both theory and both, like, a very, like, particular standpoint and, like, really gets into, like, how he wants to approach it. And it works really well for, like, what the bass has to fulfill. Very and cool. I, I love working with him. And he was, he became our bassist, and it was a lot of fun having him on bass. And I got so used to like anytime I wasn't talking to Torin, going like, "Hey, Jeff." And then I met this guy, I Kevin. I call him the happy accident of the band. Yeah, you <laughs> met him at the Bean, right? I, I was the at open mic. Yeah, I was at the Plymouth Coffee Bean at the open mic. I was just jamming in the back room, and while I was jamming, uh, this guy walked up to me, and like, "Oh man, I really love how that sounds. I would, I would love for you to show me what that is." I'm like, "Oh, hey, thanks, man." And like, he went like, "Can I just?" can I just sit down and jam with you? I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing nothing. And like, he started playing with me and like what he did just clicked with me. Cause like he had a lot of the same musical influences that I did and like punk rock. And like when we started jamming, like it just was instantaneously like, yes, <laughs> this. And I'm like, look, man, I'm in a band called water fountain coins. Please just come jam with us. Like one afternoon, like just let's see what happens. No promises. Just like, let's, let's see how it sounds to have you, come play with us and like he came he came to a practice he played just like what he knew because i sent him a bunch of tracks to be like hey you should well i sent him tracks like two days before he was supposed to show <laughs> supposed to send it to him like a week ahead of time and i'm like oh crap <laughs> you're supposed to have seven days i gave you two but like what he had i thought sounded really cool and uh then he he learned how to play 12 for us and now he's our lead and 12 string guitarist nice and he's also backup vocals and 
Uh, the reason why I referred to them as Benny and the Jeffs, though, is because, like I said, anytime I wasn't talking to Torin, I assumed I was talking to Jeff. So for the first couple of months and even now when I would turn over to Kevin, I'd be like, hey, Jeff. Oh, wait, no. Uh, <laughs> Kevin. And like, <laughs> no, it'd be more like, hey, Jeff, wait, no, Jeff, wait, Jeff. Jeff? <laughs> or I'd just be like, Jeff. Or I'd be like Jeff, and he'd look at me and be like Jeff, and I'm like, yes, you, Jeff, because I, I did like I just needed to tell him something. I'm like, look, I don't care about correcting myself. This is who you are at this. You're moment. Jeff now. And like it, it's become so much of a running gag. It shows. I'm like, on bass, we got bass Jeff. On guitar, we have guitar Jeff, also known as Kevin, but that's too hard to remember. On drums, we got drum Jeff, and I'm Ben. No, I'm not a Jeff. I'm not a Jeff. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with being a Jeff. But I'm not a Jeff. It's just I'm on Team Ben. <laughs> it's Team Ben and Team Jeff. So there's so that's how we um have unofficially officially changed the band name to Benny and the Jeffs. Great. Which is particularly amazing because Ben hates being called Benny. I do. So I make sure to call him Benny at every opportunity. <laughs> it's like exposure therapy. It's so good. maybe someday he'll hate it a little bit less. It's why we're looking for a new drummer. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this first uh, Benny and the Jeffs song you'll be playing called? So the first Water Fountain Coin song is called um, Poorly Planned Incident. It's a song about depression and having a poor sense of self it's a it's a song about this deep rooted want to to see yourself as something else but every time that like you look in the mirror every time you look inward you get this feeling of like i'm 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 just a mistake i'm just an excuse of a human being the really important part to me in this song, the part that like made this song one of my favorite songs to perform is the last chorus where I scream no one should ever believe. And it's really important to me that like I talk about that because a lot of people suffer from depression and I it really makes my day when like they go like, hey man, your song really helped me, but I I don't want to leave them in this depressive state like mm -hmm. If if they're just listening to my song to keep being depressed, then I feel like I've, I've. You what made was them the complacent. Yeah. What was the point of giving them that song? What was the point of putting that song out in the world if they're just gonna be like, oh man, I can't wait to continue not doing great. I want to give them something that they can acknowledge. Like this is who I am. This is how I'm feeling right now. But I'm not stuck here. And they need something yeah. to live and die for. We'll get to that <laughs> line later. <laughs> yeah. So that's poorly planned incident. Awesome. Uh, here you go. Here is Water Fountain Coins with Poorly Planned Incident. No, I won't. No, I won't. 
If you call me right now, I'm at one percent. Picking up the pieces that fall, I just wanna crawl back in your arms and be over with this. Conscience tells me go back home where I can be alone. Maybe that's my self-depravity, or maybe it's the place I'm filmed from this life I killed. I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm a poorly planned incident. I'm a little belligerent I'm a fool who won't resist I'm ashamed of all the wrong I've done I'm too scared to back down But too damn proud to tell you now So I won't, no I won't, no I won't Till you walk away but still I can't seem to care Did I be better than this? What's the point I clearly missed? Someday I gotta get free Cause no one should ever believe That they're a poorly planned incident That they're so damn belligerent Like a fool who won't lose their tongue Shame of all the wrong I've done Too scared to back down But too damn proud to tell you now So I won't No, I won't No, I won't Till you walk away Yeah! Yes! Absolutely! Poorly planned incident it's it's funny that it's a poorly planned incident, but it's a good. Uh, it turned out to be a good song. <laughs> I, ironically enough, like uh, when when I was figuring that song out, I was also finally figuring out what music theory was. Very cool. <laughs> so it was one of our most structured songs for a, a minute, because like I, it was the first time I went like I should go here <laughs> because this is like what it makes theoretic sense, and like <laughs> I always found it kind of ironic of like yeah, this is called poorly planned incident. I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are uh, currently working on your first uh, full-length album. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. So our, our first full-length album is going to feature songs from our current EP of Abstract and Identity, which you can stream right now. On no, Spotify and Apple Music. Not, not right right now. You're listening to the Michael yeah. Dupree Variety don't, Hour. Don't, don't go away, guys. Don't click away. You can hear our music right here in a minute. You're, if you're up. on Spotify, go queue it up, though. Yeah. Ever after you, the show is over. Add it to queue. Um, <laughs> add all of our songs to queue. Add to playlist. Uh, buy them. Uh, then send us money. Um, here's our street address, because that's safe to give away on the internet. <laughs> but Don't do that. <laughs> Our fir- our first full length album, I it's. I'm excited because, like I said, when I first started playing, it was just grab an acoustic guitar, write songs, and go. Like go to every open mic night, drive around the state, just go. Doesn't matter where I end up. It's how I it's how I found the bean. It's how I kept coming to Plymouth, Michigan, because I was driving up from Ohio every Monday to play at the Plymouth Coffee Bean, and that's how I met Torin. But so like this first album is going to be songs that I wrote in that time. It's just those songs it's all of like 
all of the songs that I wrote an acoustic guitar part and it was just an acoustic guitar part for the longest time and then Torin came along and went like, what if it wasn't? <laughs> what if it was good? <laughs> it was already good, but it could be more. What if it was great? Yeah. yeah. And like, um, I really dug what our old bassist did and like a lot of the songs, but Torin went like, what if we expanded on that? And like showed, like, I love, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a moment to like gush about Torin. I freaking love this guy because, like, like he said, we mesh really well. Like the first time me and Torin sat down to jam, I loved every second of it because everything like I wanted him to do, he did. Even if I wasn't entirely sure what that was yet, like as I was hearing him do it and like hearing the context he was giving to it musically, I loved it because he he listened to the music like. There's a lot of bands out there. Bands, I'm going to give you a quick bit of advice. If if you add a, if you're joining a band and you they ask you to write something, listen to the song all the way through. Don't just start jamming halfway through it. Like listen to the whole thing so you get the context so that way you're not stopping every five minutes and be like, oh, there was a key change. <laughs> Torin listened to all of the songs. He worked really hard to figure out like, okay, this goes up right here, so I want to do an ascending pattern, or I want to do a really cool quick dissension and then shoot right back up or I want to do this and he, every time he would do that he would run it by me and like I didn't know a whole lot of music theory when I met Torin and he would explain it to me in like the simplest of terms and it, it expanded my knowledge so like I freaking love this guy I'm really glad that he's in the band and I'm really glad of everything he's added to like these songs because uh, our first album is going to be called uh, Poorly Planned Incident uh, with the title track Poorly Planned Incident yeah and for me, albums are stories all the way through. So, like, the entire length of the album is going to be telling the story of, like, starting with 20s, ending with Miss Misery, starting with 20s, which is a song about being broke when you're 20. Yeah, <laughs> and as we all are. <laughs> being, being young, being unsure of yourself, but finding yourself along the way and learning to love yourself because of that. In the middle, like, hitting Poorly Planned Incident and Anhedonia, which are songs about not knowing who you are and really looking for answers to that question of self, like, who am I? Where do I fit in in this world? Um, songs like Carnival and Forgiven are on there, where Carnival is a song about, like, screw, um, I don't need to fit into your labels. I'm myself. But look at you trying to plug yourself into these cookie-cutter labels. Look at you trying so hard to be... Um, look at you trying so hard to be something that you're really not. Uh, the chorus being, I'm so glad I'm not a freak show. I'm so glad I'm not like him. In these four walls, like all I treasure. I'm not chained to a wall, not at all like him. I'm so glad I'm not a freak show because at least I live in normality. Well, I can tell you, though I'm a freak show, at least I live in reality. Um, Heck yeah. Man, I'm wishing we had time to play that song too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's over there like, well. <laughs> uh, we, we got the poetry hour version of it going on. And that song actually, actually does have a poem intro from Ben. So wow. <laughs> if, if we have time, we'll get to it. But like, then there's the song Forgiven, which is the most emotional song to me. Um, there's a lot of meaning behind it. It's another song I would love to play if we had time. <laughs> but uh, like... It's uh, it, it's this very emotional song to me that has taken on a different meaning in years because what it meant a while ago was an apology to a friend and someone very dear to me that I hurt really, really badly. But it became this song after my friend Abby died um, when she... This is going to be bum. I'm sorry to bum people out, but like 
when she took her own life at 13, she was a kid in my uh, youth group. It hurt me. And, like, I, like, I didn't know how to express it because I didn't want to be fake. I didn't want, like, I wasn't her brother and her brothers were mourning and I didn't want to be, like, I, I felt like my own mourning would take away from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it wasn't valid that I was sad that my friend died. Sure. And, like, after that happened, like, and I was sitting with my buddy Will, like, a, years later, um, I sat down. We had a long, long talk about God, the universe, and everything. And while we were talking, like, uh, it came time that we were just sitting on my friend, uh, I'm not going to say her name, one of my friend's porches. And while we were sitting there, I just played the song because it came to mind. And, like, I thought about Abby. I thought about, like, these moments that you get with people that you don't get back. And even though it's sad that you don't get them back, you still got those. And that, I think, is beautiful. And, Mm -hmm. like, the song became about that, of learning that, hey, these moments aren't forever, but you can forgive yourself. You can move on. You're not alone. You don't have to be alone. And it ends with and it ends with just like this melancholy guitar tune to like let you know that like, hey, you can breathe, you can relax. And then right after that song, it goes right into Miss Misery. Miss Misery is the ultimate screw you depression to me because I wrote that song when I was in high school dealing with a lot of stuff and that song broke me out of my shell as a performer. It was, it, the album ends with that because it's when I was suffering from a lot of depression, when I was suffering from a lot of anxiety and stage, I didn't know how to act on stage. I, I one day went like, screw it. And I got up on stage and I put, I put all of my anxiety, I pictured putting all of my anxiety in front of me in like this front row seat of the audience. And I screamed at it. I dis- I destroyed it as verbally as I possibly could. I put all of my anger, all of my rage, all of my passion into blowing that thing's freaking head off. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Because <laughs> awesome. every time after that, like, any time I took the stage, I was like, this is where I wanted to be. Um, awesome. And, like, singing Miss Misery w- to me was, like, it's the song of, like, you are not stuck where you are. Your depression does not have a right to own you. Your depression does not have a right to tell you you can't move on. Are you allowed to be sad? Absolutely. Are you allowed to feel this way? Absolutely. You are absolute. These feelings are absolutely valid, but they will pass in time. But right now, if you need to feel them, feel them. But once you're done feeling them, put a gun to their head. Not your own. Their, their, <laughs> their head. head. Yeah. Their head. Very specifically. Put a gun to your anxiety's head verbally, destroy it, and tell it it is no longer a part of you, and it doesn't have to be. And if you have to scream, here's a song you can scream along to. Please do. And we all do later. <laughs> Very cool. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I can't even know what to say to that. It's, uh, those are great, great advice, great words, and uh, just a great, uh, great sentiment in general. Uh, speaking of great stuff, what is this next song that you guys will be performing for us? This next song is called Identity. It's not going to be on our first album. We might release it as a single here soon. It's a song about, if I can find my note, uh, it's, it's not a ballad. What was it? I don't know the word. It's, it's a, a story. It's a story. It's what it is. Don't, don't look for a fancy word. An epic. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, 
it's a story about this musician who finds himself through music. It's a... Uh, or thinks he's going to find himself through being a musician. It, I lent heavily to the inspiration of Mr. Jones uh, by Counting Crows, mm-hmm. where uh, it's this musician who, like, wants to be something, and he thinks the only way to be something is to have his name up in lights and have his name be what everyone's chanting and be, like, this big, confident, like, thing. So much so that he pushes away his friends, he pushes away his loved ones, um... Like, they they try to be there for him. They try and be proud of him, and he just can't stand it. This is also the song that it took me two years to write. <laughs> I met Torin, and, like, at some point we started working on it, and, like, I just played the riff. Sometime after I wrote 20s, I know that. And, like, after I played the riff, Torin went, like, that is an amazing riff, and that's an amazing start to a song. I can't wait to see it finished. And... I was like, yeah, me neither. And then I never was able to finish it. I kept on hitting roadblock after roadblock. And I wrote an, a, a completely different song on top of it that was finished. And Torn went like, no, don't don't replace identity with that song. Um, Which, I mean, the, the other song that I wrote is also a very cool song that we're, we're working on getting into the rotation. But, um, but I was just like, no, no, no. Identi- like, don't throw away this other song that... You've personally already made a lot of progress on writing. We've together made a lot of progress on fleshing out and making into the great song that we're about to perform for you. Um, so so I put my foot down. I was like, no, 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 don't throw this song away. Very and, cool. And so I got him to, to finish the song, and here it is. Awesome. Um, so here... Oh, yeah. oh go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Oh. I was get, like... One of, one of the things I wanted to say, like, as a quick note about the song is, like, there's this part towards the end of the song where, like, it dies down and then it suddenly attacks you. That was one of the moments that me and Torin knew why we were making music together because that wasn't planned. We were jamming this song out one day and just trying to figure out the structure of the entire thing. And, like, I started quieting down and Torin went, like, I know right where he's going. <laughs> and then once I came in for that attack, Torin was right there with me. And it was like, ah! Oh, yeah. Yes! That was, that was <laughs> one of the greatest moments of my life, honestly. That's awesome. No, no, it's like that's just the moment I was like, this is why I'm playing music with Ben. That's awesome. Just like I was saying earlier, we just understand each other really well. So great. Uh, So here is Water Fountain Coins with Identity. never get this right I'm only here tonight to know my name The crowd had screamed so loud For the proud and the arrogant I'm only here tonight to know my name Never earn the right to come back here. 
don't know this town And you don't know me now And if your quiet dreams were worth anything Say them now Cause I believe in miracles And I fight for them even if you won't Cause I'm not scared I'm doing this without you there Putting your words in my mouth I could own this If you give me a moment of time No, I'm not scared My head is too loud As you sit there Looking so smug, so proud I wanna be Sort of be something this time louder than everything I know it all too well it's all I hear but the worst it's done was it taste on my tongue so deafening I just want to scream or run and you what can I say been like this since you walked away Cause I'm just scared I'm doing this without you there With how we talk about all the moments Where we could own the times As the world screams And my head spins around And I can't breathe Just begging for the ground I wanna be Really thought it'd be something this time I know your name, do you know mine? As the world screen spins and then gets lost So my heart away and never consider the cost It's with you here, it didn't feel so wrong
Welcome back to the show. Uh, that was Identity by Water Fountain Coins. Uh, so, Ben, you were saying that you, you had uh, some people that you want or some things that you wanted to yeah. talk about as far as, like, uh, things that inspired Yeah, I wanted to say, like, when it, when it comes to, like, all of our songs for people to go, like, oh, who inspired you? The, the six artists that I say inspired me the most is, like, Jimmy World Heavily. Uh, Rise Against, The Decemberists, Bare Naked Ladies, Conor O'Burst, and Joanna Warren. Those guys, like, they're, like, Jimmy World and Bare Naked Ladies, like, definitely, like, their power pop, their punk rock influences, and, like, their indie rock influences. Uh, Rise Against and Jimmy World for, like, the punk influences. Uh, Conor O'Burst and Joanna Warren, just because, like, I love the way they word things, and I love their beautiful imagery, and, like, it really got it in my head. And then The Decemberists for you know everything else of like how to play guitar and like they really inspired me and uh all of that like led me and torn to really mesh well together and i gotta say like my favorite story to like shut up on uh, (laughs) is one time it was our original bassist last gig uh we were driving we played a show in ohio and then we had a show in michigan that night um, so we played the show in Ohio. We had to load up the car and get to Michigan right then so that way we could load in and meet all the bands. And we drove separate, like Torin drove separate, and Torin drove back up to Michigan first. I followed him, and I got a flat tire on the way to the gig, and I had to leave my car on the side of the road. Torin had to come back and get me. We had to load all the equipment into his car, and it was incredibly stressful. I was freaking out the entire time. But once we were driving, I went like, you know what, everything's fine. And we were listening to Float On by Modest Mouse, another band that heavily inspired me. And, like, we played that at the show that night, and it it was one of my favorite nights because we we didn't practice that song. I actually asked one of the guitarists, I asked Ben Gardner from the band One Small Step to play guitar for us, and everyone just knew the song already, and it was so much fun, and it was one of, it was one of my favorite moments. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so we, uh, we have to move on to our next segment. Uh, so you guys, uh, how often do you go, uh, walk around during the day and you're, you just have the poopiest butthole <laughs> in the world and it's just itching and it's terrible. Well, there's a new product on the market, guys. It's called the detachable shower head. And we have uh, a very special message for you from the people over there at the detachable shower head. So here you go. We've all been there, a sandy butthole that just can't seem to get smooth. You can't afford a bidet, and life is just miserable with your undercarriage barking at you all day and night. Hi, I'm Ali Ali Oxenfree, professional asshole cleaner, here to spread the word of the detachable showerhead. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, no more taint spots, hot enough to cook an egg. Now, with the detachable showerhead, you can live a meaningful life. One without that pain of leftover mud pie in your yum-yum hole. Take it from one of our real-life customers. I couldn't sit down with my family to eat dinner. Every 30 seconds, I'd have to get up to rinse my b-hole in the bathroom sink. By the end of the night, I'd have enough Vaseline down there to create a worldwide slip and slide. Since investing in the detachable shower head, my family doesn't have to keep questioning where I'm going and why they hear my blood-curdling screams coming from the bathroom due to my sandy butthole. You'd never guess how much your asshole affects your daily life. I'm here to tell you, it can tear relationships apart. Here to comment is my ex-wife, Denise. Ali Ali was such a lively guy. I'd see him skipping down the road, asshole bouncing without a care. 
Then they built that Taco Bell at the corner. He started getting loads and loads of fire sauce. I'd see him, I'd, I'd say to him, Sweetheart, please, your asshole can only take so much. But he didn't listen. One day I heard him crying in the bathroom. I barged in to see him cradling his anus. It was then that I knew how far it had gone. I had to leave. I have goals and ambition. I, I can't, I can't teach someone proper asshole care. That's, that's not my job. I, so I can confidently say that it was the anus that tore us apart. The anus. Thankfully, I'm rebuilding myself. I'm becoming a new man with the detachable shower head. It gets into those hard to reach places, the crevices that you didn't even know existed. Before the detachable shower head, my asshole was never clean. You could have taken a slice of toilet paper to it for six hours and shit would still have been caked on every single slice you use. This revolutionary tool is cracking the code on assholes and people can't get enough of it. Take it from Cyrus, single father, recent purchaser of the detachable showerhead. Yeah, uh, I was constantly taking cotton swab to my brown maker because the itch was so unbelievable. At one point, I sneezed while one was up there and it shot so far up that I practically gave myself a colonoscopy. Since buying myself the detachable showerhead, I finally have my life back. I can finally walk up the steps without feeling like someone is shoving a dagger up my holy hole. The detachable showerhead is more than a piece of machinery, it's a lifesaver. You heard it here, ladies and gents. There's nothing like feeling that hot steam of water fly up your anus like Drano down a clogged garbage disposal. It's more than life-changing, it's enlightening. Never again will you allow your asshole to get so disgustingly shitty. It's time for cleanliness. It's time for clean buttholes. Order the detachable showerhead within the next 30 minutes and get two more for free. Call now, 1-800-EAT-SHIT. Why wait, your asshole is suffering. Call now, 1-800-EAT-SHIT today. The creators of the detachable showerhead are now responsible for any severe injuries or death. Yes, thank you. Thank you for saving our heinies. Yes. Uh, so we are joined here by Ben and Torin of Water Fountain Coins. How are you guys feeling? Solid. No, yeah. no liquid up in here. No liquid. All no. solid. Well, now that my butthole's all clean, let me tell you, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> we also took some time going around the, the um going around the circle like uh, playing with each other's buttholes no. squirting water up it it was a great bonding experience yeah um in a way so I gotta tell my nephews to not watch up to this point <laughs> <laughs> uh so we are joined by an old friend of the show uh long it's been a very long time since we uh got to uh to speak to him uh, and he is a Shakespearean actor. He's an uh, expert at uh, dialects. Um, and please welcome Whit Wheatley. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the show, Whit. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Michael. Oh, I forgot to turn your microphone on. Oh, that's okay. Sorry about that. No, it's good. Uh, so, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. So, uh, we haven't seen you, I think, since 2017, I think was the last time you were on the show. Well, yeah, a lot of stuff's happened since then. Yeah, so, kind of to, 
the last time we saw you, sure. you were with your your dialect coach uh, Sylvester Seawater. That's right. Uh, and you guys, uh, you know, he he showcased some of his amazing dialects. He's so good. He's amazing. Uh, if you if you guys want to hear some of the best dialects dialect work uh, in, in accents I I've ever heard. Uh, go back to that episode with Wade Wee Wee and Sylvester Seawater. Um, but, uh, and you guys left, you were making out on the way out. That's true. It was romantic because it seemed like there was a lot of tension between you guys. Well, there is a lot of tension in that he's a father figure to me, you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it was more like making out as a, you know, like just like the a, way you make out with your father, the way you make out with you would with your dad. Yeah. I don't know. I never I never, you know, my dad, he got shot down in the street. So, yeah, you remember that. Yeah, that was sad. But you know, it is sad, but I try to stay positive. That's the, that's the secret acting, really. Mm-hmm. Be positive. Yeah. Uh, so you, uh, you seemed like when the, when uh, Water Fountain Coins was playing their songs, you had, you seemed like uh, you had a lot of opinions about it. Oh yeah, I wanted to say that was great, but you know, I didn't want to interrupt, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. I didn't want to interrupt. I also feel like, you know, Miss Misery, I I wish, you know, that seems like a harsh mistress, you know, (laughs) and I'm glad that you're chasing her out of here. Get out of here, Miss Misery. Get out of here, Miss Misery. Get out of town, She she was showing her ankles, so you know, you gotta... <laughs> I feel okay. Oh, you gotta get you gotta get rid of that harlot. Someone's just oh. a little too much ankle. Like a little bit of ankles, okay? Uh huh. Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so what's been new with you, what with? What we well, you know, I feel like I've transitioned. I, I still love Shakespeare. I love doing it in a park. You mm-hmm. know, just any park that I can be in. I yeah. love to shout some Shakespeare out there. Yeah. But you know, now I, I feel like I've moved on to Broadway. Broadway. Yeah, oh, I actually so you... landed a Broadway role. You landed a role on Broadway, New York. Yeah, yeah, Little Orphan Annie. You're you're in Little Orphan Annie. Yeah, I'm Sandy. Who's, I don't which one I don't think I've seen that the You the haven't show. seen Little Orphan Annie? I don't think so. And that's since I was a little kid. Sandy is Little Orphan Annie's furry companion. F- oh, she's is it a dog? Yeah, it's a dog. You're, you got a you got a dog role. I got the role of Sandy the dog. <laughs> well, what's your what's your favorite monologue that you get in the movie? My in favorite the, the, monologue when I say, "Hey Little Orphan Annie, maybe you're an orphan now, but not for long, you know?" And then the director says, "Cut." <laughs> Why would they say cut? It's on Broadway. <laughs> they say cut. <laughs> nah, it's okay. So they, they cut you and they say don't don't. They say, say don't them. don't say that. But you know it it's Broadway, so it's a lot of it's improvised. <laughs> I don't think shit, really. <laughs> well, yeah. Is that real? Well, well, the way I do it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so does the director seem like they like you very much? I feel like the director loves me. Otherwise, they wouldn't have cast me in such a prominent role in the script. See, that's I do kind of remember. That's why I didn't really know that character because uh, Sandy. I don't really don't think that's that actually that big of a role. I feel like it's a. If anything, it should be a titular role. You, <laughs> you know? think it should be called Sandy? Sandy, <laughs> little orphan Annie plus Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well put Sandy first. Sandy. Is the more important part, right? You're right. No You're right away. Sandy, Sandy the and dog and little orphan Annie. Yeah, Sandy people... and her parentless friend Annie. Yeah, That's good. Everyone's got to remember who the real star of the show is. Thank you. You know, I like to, I try to shine a spotlight on this little orphan Annie as much as I can. I feel like she's a very talented child. Mm-hmm. 
But you know, she she's never really been an orphan. No. So I I feel like you know I've got more experience being an orphan than yes, this person. You have been an. So I thought I thought when you said you were casting the Lord for Annie, I thought you were going to say you were actually cast as Annie, but you were not. Well, you know, uh, I feel like I'm kind of an understudy to oh, Little Orphan Annie in a so? way. <laughs> so if something were to happen to who's who's playing Annie, by the way? Who's playing Annie? Yeah. Ah, uh, some girl named Patricia. Patricia. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she's she good? Oh, you know, she's pretty good. I think she's got a lot of talent. Good. Yeah, I feel like Sylvester could do better in the role, <laughs> but, you know. Oh, did I? You said, you mentioned Sylvester Seawater, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he could really embody the role, you mm-hmm. know. I feel like, you know, he isn't an orphan necessarily, but he's got the soul of an orphan. He, he does. Yeah. He seems, he, he seems uh, like he's on his own. He's a... Uh, He's a lone spirit. He really is. It's really nice how you picked up on that. And uh, how has he been lately? You keep you stay in touch? Oh, you know, I, last time I heard from him, he was in Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico? He, yeah, he oh. went to Puerto Rico. He said he had some hot fuzz on his butt. Isn't there a hurricane happening there right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, he said, don't watch the news, you know, that's part of my kind of actor's training, you know, I gotta stay in the moment. Wow, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay too, is there really a hurricane going on down there? I I thought there was, or hitting Florida or something like that. I think it already passed Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Okay. Okay, then I don't feel so bad about it. Well, hopefully he didn't get hit by anything. I hope so too. You know, who knows where he is. Who knows? He could be out in the middle of the sea right now. He could be. I, I hope, hope not. not. Oh, jinx. J- oh, man. Wow. That's all right. You don't have to buy me a Coke. Okay. <laughs> I want one. I didn't know if this was a, uh, no. a, a, a buy me a Coke jinx or if this was a, I got to not talk jinx. No, you can talk. Okay. You're the host. Yeah, I was worried. I was like, uh-oh. Oh, how am I going to host man. the show? How are we going to end the show? I'm the host the now. <laughs> but yeah. No, I don't know. I feel like Patricia does a pretty good job, but, you know, I've been doing some rewrites, you know, mm-hmm. to some of the songs, and I feel like I've really captured what, you know, should be going on in the play and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It seems like people would probably be upset if the story of Little Orphan Annie was changed too much. I don't know. I feel like it should be modernized. You think so? so? What, 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 How to keep what, it relevant. What would, be the, what would be the first thing you would change? Yeah. I would say, you know, all those little orphans should be driving Lyft and Uber. You know, yeah. I feel like they should be trying to, because it's a gig economy. It is. It, it really, really is. is. And, you they, know. They should really be supporting them. Yeah, because like they they didn't ask to put up all these orphans. I mean, they're orphans for a reason, right? So they they should be chipping in. You know? I suppose so. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> really, you know, if you're an orphan, I feel like the blame. I mean, I I understand the blames fall squarely on your shoulders. <laughs> like I wanted to go to that play when my parents were shot down. So yeah. I mean, I really I really think it was partially or fully my fault. It sounds like it was like a good amount your fault. It was at least ninety five percent my fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've, you, you ever know, think about the fact that you have a very similar backstory to, to the Batman? To Batman? And yet you are uh, not nearly as cool as him. Uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like me and Batman would be pretty good friends. You think so? Yeah, I feel like we could go on You think on you'd be cool with Batman together? or cool friends with Batman or Bruce Wayne? Oh, why? There's another 
There, who's Bruce Wayne? He's the he's his alter ego. He's uh, got an alternate ego. Yeah, he's like Batman's alternate, like secret identity. Oh, okay. So regularly, he's just going around as Batman. No, 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 no. And then he sometimes he's Bruce Wayne. No, Bruce Wayne is the regular guy. Batman is when he's being a superhero. Okay, but if Batman wanted to open like a checking account, no, <laughs> I don't think Batman would open a checking okay. account. Okay. Okay. I think Bruce Wayne's the one that handles all the money in that in that. Uh, head. <laughs> you know, I'm more of a Marvel guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, can I sing you like a little song maybe? Oh, oh yeah, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, I was Please hearing do. your guys do a song. I just want to sing a little song that Sandy sings and yeah. Laura and Annie. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Okay. Do you mean to count you down or? Yeah, count it. And a one. And one, a two. two. And, and a, a one, two, two three. three. The sun will come out some other time. Sometime that's not today, there'll be sun out, but it won't be today. Sometimes it's cloudy outside and there's no sun. And you're like, where'd the sun go? But then it'll come back eventually. I feel like that was the bulk of the song. Yeah. um, Beautiful. So, so... Wait, okay, I'm confused now. Was that your song that you sing at Sandy? I feel like that is Sandy's oh, that's a song. song. So this is a song you're pitching for the show. I feel like it's a song that should be given to Sandy. Okay, so you know, you do know that there's the song will come out tomorrow that Annie sings. That's just what I sang, though. That's not the same song. It's the same. You, it has a very similar melody, but you sing entirely different lyrics. You're, let's... You sing song will come out tomorrow, Liam. The sun will come out okay. tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar it's tomorrow. There'll be sun just thinking about tomorrow. Don't look at me for help. Yeah, that's all I know, really. But it's, that's exactly the song I sang. It's a, okay. I feel like that was the same maybe my, song. Maybe my memory is just messed up. You guys, you guys. are musicians, right? Ugh. I you mean, heard we it. pretend to be like. <laughs> Aww, I thought you guys were great. Well, thank you. Yeah. You guys are great. Yeah. Uh, so, so Whitley, what's your next move after uh, after Broadway? After Broadway, well, I've started to book a few flea and tick commercials. Flea and tick commercials. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, people see me as a dog now. You know. Yeah. I feel like they saw me in that role. They want to see more of that. I didn't want to comment on it, but it looks like you have grafted. Uh, like a dog nose and ears under your face. I did, I thought maybe they were a costume, but I'm starting to notice some like. No, I had them surgically attached. See, that's that's the problem. Yeah, I'm, I was going to ask about that. And but... I'm, I'm noticing like hair transplants, like down your arms. Uh-huh. And, uh wh- Why why did you do this? Did you like just for this role? Well, I'm a method actor. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to be in the skin of a dog. That's what my director said. Did you consider the, perhaps that uh, it would severely impact your ability to get roles after this? I don't know. I feel like I feel like I, I, I could get some different roles. I could go back to Shakespeare. What are the dogs? I don't think there's any dogs in any Shakespeare shows. Yeah, but there's a shrew. There's a shrew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if the shrew... I could be that shrew. Does the shrew you, actually you show up in Taming of the Shrew? I don't, I don't know. I don't you could so. be the, You could be the one beast from uh, uh, The Tempest. There you, you could. go. There you go. Wow. Yeah. See, there's a lot of range I could do. Yeah. I hear you could play Beast and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. I hear they're remaking uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah. You, you know? do that too. And I feel like I could be anybody. They would, they would save a lot on makeup. 
Well, yeah. Because you were already there. Yeah, I think so. And, oh, you know, but then, but you know what? You don't think you could because the American oh? werewolf also needs to be. They, don't they, they need to be a human sometimes without the stuff on them? Well, maybe I could <laughs> graft some human skin on top of this. <laughs> I just get some human skin. But then skin. you'd miss out. So they would have to film all the scenes of you being a werewolf first. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and then. And then they'd have to they just put you. a little skin on me, piece by piece. Yeah, uh, you, you could just do what Lou Ferrigno did, you know. That? For uh, what did Lou origi- Ferrigno do for the original Incredible Hulk? Like they just had some other guy play Bruce Banner, and then whenever whenever it was time for the Incredible Hulk to come out, they just painted Lou Ferrigno green and just added him to the scene and just had him do all the Hulk stuff. I think Bruce, Bruce Banner. I, I don't think we're uh, he's the alter. He's the secret identity of the Hulk. Not even a secret, really. Really? Oh. Okay, but there's the Hulk, and who's Bruce Banner? Are they, like, friends? No, Bruce Banner is the Hulk. He's the Hulk when the Hulk's not big and angry. I don't understand how one person can be two people. It's because superheroes, they have they live regular lives, but when they become superheroes, they put on the costume, or they Hulk out. Okay, or... if you say so. Are you? Do you not read comics? You know, I don't read. Or seen a movie? What? Seen a movie, like a superhero movie? I've seen a superhero movie. So I don't understand how you don't know who, like, the okay, ultimate... Wait, 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 wait. I, I need to ask. Did you see a superhero movie? Like, did you watch the movie, or did you just see that there was a superhero I movie? I saw a poster. <laughs> oh, no, see, that's not the same as seeing <laughs> the movie. Well, it was like a holographic poster, and I went back and forth, and it moved no, a little no, bit. No, no, no. It's like you have to watch the full film. A film. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Wait, why is it such a, uh, such a surprise to you? I don't know. I just guess I've been immersed you, in theater. I guess, yeah. yeah I guess yeah. you're just not super, you're not super in on the whole thing. I'm the superhero fad. <laughs> yeah, you're not in on that. You haven't seen the Avengers Endgame? Avengers Endgame? Yeah. You know, I saw a poster for it. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought, there are a lot of people on that poster. <laughs> there yeah. were, yeah. And so all of them, they have... Lives, they're superheroes most of the time, and then they go and open checking accounts no. under other names. <laughs> Some of them, okay. First of all, none of the superheroes have checking accounts. It's always a secret identity. I, okay. I don't know. I am a thousand percent sure Iron Man would open a checking yeah, account under Iron Man. That's true. I am a thousand percent sure he'd yeah, be that you're, vain. You're right. How can someone be an iron and a man at the same time? It's, the, it's just a name. Okay. He's wearing a suit of iron. Interesting. What, you seem very aloof today. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, you're not, I don't, like, it's, what's wrong? What's wrong? I don't know. I just feel a little closed off, I guess. Why? I don't know. I miss, I miss Sylvester. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I felt like I was doing great. You are doing great. Aww. It just seems like, I, I feel like you're, I'm a little you've been off. really closed off for the last couple of years. Yeah, that's true. You know, I had a lot of personal tragedy in my life, I guess. Oh, what happened? Well, it turns out my parents were alive. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, they were alive the but whole didn't time. You watched them get, like, gunned down. Yeah, I guess they weren't dead, though. Whoa. How did you find out they were alive? How did I find out they were alive? Well, yeah. you know, I was going on a trip to Hawaii, uh-huh. and then I sat down in my seat, and they were sitting right next to me. <laughs> that had just, to be an awkward flight. Just by chance? Yeah. Did you talk to them? And I said, why did you guys... That's I a, thought you were dead. This is the first thing you said to them? I said... Why did you guys? Well, first I, thought you I were said, dead? "Can I switch you for the window?" <laughs> that was the first thing. But that was before Priorities. you realized who they were, right? 
Well, it took me a second because I was like, these people just really look like my parents, you yeah. know? I don't know if they are and my pro- parents. It's been years. It's been years. Yeah, so they probably looked different anyway. Yeah, I suppose they looked a little bit different. Yeah. Huh. You know what? That's a great point. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did look different. <laughs> did Did someone just call them mom and dad and you thought they were your mom and dad? No, they were my mom and dad. <laughs> what, what gave it so away? Wait, so what did you end up saying to them? Like, what was the first thing you said to them once you realized they were your parents? Well, first I said, why did you guys, I thought you were dead. I thought you got shot outside that theater in New York City. Mm-hmm. And then they said, no, the bullet just passed right through us. And, you know, uh, we had some money tied up and some bad accounts, so we needed to disappear. Uh-huh. You and they know. didn't bring you? They didn't bring me along for the ride. They said, you just love New York City so much. You know, we just thought, why not leave him here? <laughs> How did you feel about that? Well, I thought, you know what? That is actually a really good point. You know, <laughs> if they How considerate of them. Yeah, yeah, if they had left me in New York City, then I would have never met Sylvester Seawater, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be playing in Sandy on Broadway right now. That's true. Yeah. But you would also have parents. I guess I I still do in a way. Well, actually. (laughs) What what happened? Uh Well, actually, that plane crashed. Oh. And then they died. Well, you know, uh, yeah, they did die. (laughs) But you didn't die. (laughs) No, I survived. I made it out, so I'm positive. How many other people on the plane survived? Oh, you know, the pilot. uh, That's about it. Just you and the pilot? Me and the pilot. How many people were on this plane? Oh, boy, at least 16. Oh, so it's kind of a smaller plane. I don't know. It was it a commercial airliner? It was a commercial airliner. Okay, so it was probably more than 16. It was at least 16, Okay, so it was probably more like 200. It's probably more like 200 people. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm sorry. I just didn't count. I didn't think to count. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you've shown me a lot about these different superheroes, uh-huh. numbers. Yeah. I don't know what my next move is going to be. Are you, are you sure your parents are actually dead this oh, time? Oh, God. Did, like, did you see their bodies? You know, I didn't see them, but I'm sure they're dead. <laughs> you were pretty sure last time, and you did see them get shot at. God. Did you make sure of it this time, or what happened? <laughs> Well, you know, they crashed, and then I was like, okay, they look dead to me. I gotta get out of this plane. So you left. I gotta get out, yeah. You just walked away? I walked right out of that plane while I went down that little slide. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, that was rough. That was a hard time for me. So, yeah, I guess that kind of explains why you're, you're, you were a little closed off the last couple of months, years. Yeah, well, you know, I... I love I love you, Michael, and I love wow. this show. Well, thank you. And I love water fountain coins, and that's thank actually you. how I've been paying my rent. I'm mostly just yeah. fishing water fountains for different coins. Wow. So Any good gold ones? mine right there. That, that's how we funded the first EP. Oh, wow. <laughs> Basically, wow. yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> What's Gotta live EP? up to the name. It's a very short album. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Regular album too long? Yeah, we're okay. getting we're getting there. Okay, yeah, I understand. Don't worry. 
I used to do a lot of short plays, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and it just like you got, you know, they just sometimes short. people don't want to sit through a whole album or a whole or a whole play. Exactly. You know, you got to give them the cliff notes. Yeah, that's why we just did Macbeth, you know, when I was Shakespeare in a park, and you know, it was just like let's <laughs> end after, let's end after he gets back to the castle. <laughs> Shakespeare in a park. So, so, so the whole play is just uh, is just them going like war. War never changes. Witches, oh my god! Let's go home! And that's it. That's the whole thing. Well, I just think <laughs> Macbeth made peace, you know? He was just like, okay. I got a pretty good laugh now. <laughs> Lady gonna... Macbeth will get over this, yeah. you know? This whole thing where you could be king. We're gonna we're gonna go back to the castle and party. That's all, that's all we're gonna do. The king's gonna come visit. Party time. The party end. time. Well, that's I all the like time you have to do the play before the police come and stop you from doing Shakespeare in a park. Yeah. Well, the police have gotten pretty brutal, actually. Brutal. Yeah, I would say so. They don't take kindly to half human, half dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Mogs. It is yeah. a, a abomination. Oh wow! I've never been <laughs> called abomination before. It's the first time for everything. Yeah, I guess. Oh, man. Huh. I was thinking, you know, I feel like this has opened up a lot of new roles to me, though. The yeah. dog person thing. Yeah. Yeah. Water fountain coins, do you have any questions for uh, for our friend Whit Wheatley here? How many times have you been arrested? How many times? <laughs> oh, man. At least 16. At least. 16 times. <laughs> At least 16. That's a lot. What was your favorite time getting arrested? Oh, boy. My favorite time getting arrested, they just, I was just at home, you know? I was hanging oh. out. I was playing, you know, I was playing checkers. And then... With, the, with by, by yourself? <laughs> yeah. It was a solo game of checkers. And Who then... Won? Like That's online? The story or of my were you playing online or were you right just there. playing the board game of... No, I was playing the board game. Okay. Who but won? Who won? Uh, you know, we didn't get to finish. Oh. Because uh, <laughs> the, the policeman knocked on my door and he said, are you Whit Wheatley? And I thought he was coming, you know, to ask me about Sylvester, about my drug dealing roommate or uh-huh. something. But no, it was for me. Why? Uh, you know, for doing Shakespeare in a park. <laughs> they heard <laughs> they I was you. doing Shakespeare. They didn't like it. They didn't care for it. Why, didn't, they why don't they let you in. do it? I don't know. They just say, you know, I think they're like Samuel Beckett fans or something. Oh, uh, yeah. I think they it. just don't like Shakespeare. What, wasn't it? Wasn't it's it pretentious? What, wasn't it true that you were using live swords in the park and live uh, pyrotechnics? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I was using live swords. Yeah, you're not supposed to. I mean, to the do that. swords were alive. Is that okay? No. You can't use you real can't, swords. You can't use real no. weapons in a public park now. No. Them, okay. That might have been why. I well, don't know. If they don't look real. Did anyone get hurt when you were doing that? Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> I How guess many? a couple people got at least 16. At least yeah. 16. Well, All right. There you go. <laughs> at least 16. But, well, then. yeah, then he took me into the the police station, and then they said, you got a Coconos, you know, and he started doing Uh-oh. that a lot, and I had never tried that before. <laughs> but, you know, some of my prison friends... They got me a little bit of Coke, I guess. How'd you like it? I thought, oh, wow, this is great. (laughs) You know, this is a lot of fun. I'm making new friends. Better than Pepsi? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I don't know, man. I I tried to snort Pepsi after that, and it just wasn't the same. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Wit. Oh, thank you. Absolute pleasure. And thank you, Waterfound Coins. Where can people find more from you guys? Uh, We are up on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play. But if you really want to show us some love, go like our Facebook page. Go follow us on Instagram. uh, Go follow us on Twitter, please. Um, We're Water Fountain Co. 
on Twitter. Yeah. Co. Uh, yeah, just C-O. Yeah. Waterfront Co. Just well, typing so, out the entire hashtag. Well. Which, <laughs> which I guess it's time to announce our long-term plan to start a company of manufacturing water fountain coins. There we go. <laughs> it's, oh, all, it's all thanks to Twitter. Find us on Facebook at Water Fountain Coins. Three words. Uh, it'll it'll be in this description. <laughs> awesome. And so this last song, what is this last song that you'd be playing for us? This last song is Miss Misery. It's uh, it's a screaming bop. It's putting to death everything that you need to put to death, putting the past behind you and acknowledging, all right, I was sad. And I acknowledge that I was sad and good for that. Time to stop being sad. Time to kick the sadness in the metaphorical butt Mm -hmm. (laughs) and throw it out. It does not get to own me. It doesn't get to decide who I am. I get to decide who I am. If you guys are listening to this at the end of the song, sing along. If you're in your car, if you're at home, not if you're at work. Uh, or if you're at work and you have a cool boss, sing along to the end of the if song, If you're at work guys. and you have a not cool boss. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's intoxicating, guys. So here is uh, Water Fountain Coins with Miss Misery. We'll be back next week uh, with, uh, what, what is the uh, next week's episode? No, I can't remember. No, oh boy, I don't remember. Anyway, well, I think it's the honey. <laughs> I think it's the... You're recording it later today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, no, I think that one's coming out after. I don't know. We'll figure it out. You'll find out next week. We'll be back next week with more fun. Bye. <laughs> Fighting sleep here in the early morn. My demons they greet me like the break of dawn. I've been far away, looking deep inside for some lasting or peace, but never do I find. I need something more. Your worldly Babylon, preacher, preacher, please tell me where I belong. For I've been far away. Looking in my core And while I fight for my sleep My demons shout for more Miss Misery, please Stop following me I need something to live and die for Miss Misery, please Stop following me I need something, oh I need something so much more Here in the dead of night From the side of my head That I will always fight My dreams still seem So far out of reach But while I fight for my sleep My heart screams to preach How I need something more Than thus that coincide With the side of my head That just wants to collide So I'll be far away Far from my family But I will find my way Back where I need to be Miss Misery, please stop following me. I need something to live and die for. Miss Misery, please stop following me. I need something, oh, I need something so much more.
far away Stuck in the afterglow Only if she remains Of what I'll never call home But I will find my way Back where I need to be Till my name's up in lights Till I am finally free Miss Misery, please Stop following me I need something to live and die for Miss Misery, please Stop following me I need something I need everybody loudly screaming Miss Misery, please Stop following me I need something to live and die for Miss Misery, please Stop following me I need something, oh I need something so much more Michael Bree Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Amp Podcast Network. If you like what you heard today, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey there, my name is Seth Ressler. Hi everyone, it's Becky Scarsello. I am new to the Detroit area. And I've been here my whole life. So we started a podcast together. It's called The D Brief. Detroit's arts and entertainment podcast. We cover concerts, comedy, plays, food, drink, all kinds of stuff. All the cool events around town, things to do, and the people that are doing them. Can we talk about some of the people we've had as guests on this podcast? Hey, this is Mark Kurlianchik, the restaurant critic for the Detroit Free Press. Hi, I'm Ian DeLisi, and I host Essential Music on 1019 WDET. Hi, this is Mark Ridley of Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Hey, this is Kate Williams, executive chef of Lady of the House. Hey, this is Meltdown from WRAF in Detroit. This is Josh Mallerman, author of Bird Box. This is Carmen Hart. Curator of film at the Detroit Institute of Arts. President and founder of Valentine Distilling Company. The general manager of innovation experiences for the Henry Ford. Arts and entertainment editor at the Detroit Free Press. The Michigan Science Center. Arts Beats the Detroit Detroit Public Theater. Detroit Shakespeare in Detroit. If you like going out in the city of Detroit, you're going to like this podcast. The Debrief Podcast. We like to say Detroit's moving. Keep up. The Debrief. Your guide to Detroit's arts and entertainment scene.